Amen. Thank you. We are blessed people. Amen. Have you ever had an aha moment? I mean, a time when the light finally came on. (laughs) That, That you finally understood after who knows how long. I'm trying. Aha! You ever had one of those? One of my early aha moments that I can recall was when I first met my wife. I mean, I met this. This was more fun to tell in the first service when she's sitting there, by the way. I met this beautiful young lady, and I said, Aha! She is the one for me. Actually, I said, Hello. (laughs) Where have you been all my life? And the rest is history in the making, so to speak. Another aha moment was about the 40th, 50th time I went to the mall with her. (laughs) Up until that time, it was a frustrating experience for me. Because before we would go to the mall, we both knew what we were going for. There was an item, maybe a few items, that we were going to the mall to find and to buy. We would go to the mall, and in my mind, it would take 15, 20 minutes tops. And I would get frustrated because hour after hour after hour would go by. We'd go in one store and try this on. We'd go in another store and try the same thing on. We'd go into the third store and try something very similar on. And in all those stores, they have this chair. (laughs) And it's really not a sign, but you might as well put a sign. The guy who's really impatient, that's your chair. So I'd sit in the chair. It finally dawned on me. My aha moment was... To my wife, this wasn't an, uh, you know, a go in and quickly buy something and go out. It was an event. It was a long process event. Once I got that through my mind, I'm good. I'm good. I understand. I find the chair, I sit down, and I watch it all happen. But that was an aha moment. I recently had another aha moment. I was talking to a guy, and he was really distraught. I said, what's wrong? He said, well, we had to put our dog down. I said, I'm sorry, what was wrong with the dog? Well, I don't know, running into the walls and all of that other stuff. And I said, I'm so sorry. But when he said that, I had this aha moment. I go home, and I wait for my moment. And I say to Carla, Carla, is it me? Or has Zoe been running into the wall lately? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (sighs) God help me. Aha moment. You know, we all have aha moments. Anybody here recently had an aha moment? Anybody? Anybody? Aha moment? You guys are no fun. Only one person in the first service had enough guts to tell me there. Anybody? Yes. 
Bruce. Absolutely. I mean, hey, I, I, you know, you'll get off that easy. Aha moment. Amen. Let's thank you. Thank you. Walk today where Jesus walked. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? Aha moment. Somebody. Say, Pastor Chuck, we don't normally get to talk on Sunday morning. Anybody? Yes. His way or the highway? I like that. Very good. All right, thank you. An aha moment. You know, we all have from time to time aha moments. Do you know that God, our faithful, loving Father, has put in His Word from the front to the back many potential aha moments for people like you and me? People like you and me who are seeking God with all of our hearts and trying to figure out what does this mean to follow Christ in the 21st century. In God's Word, strategically and lovingly placed, there are aha moments. One of those places that I want to direct us to this morning is John chapter 15. John chapter 15, if you're paying attention as you're reading through God's Word, right here, John chapter 15 is one of those potential aha moments. Jesus says in John chapter 15, I am the vine and and you are the branches. I am the vine, he says in verse 5, and you are the branches. Are the branches. Now, if you're reading through your Bible and you have in your mind this question, what does it mean to follow Christ in the 21st century? What does it mean for me to follow Christ these days? And you're reading through and you happen to read through John chapter 15, get to verse 5, this is what you're going to see. I am the vine, Jesus said, and you are the branches. Aha! Oh, that's what it means to follow Christ. Somebody that is connected to the vine. Someone who is connected to Jesus Christ. Now you thought all you had to do was be close to the vine. Isn't that right? Some of you thought. All you got to do is hang around the vine. Go to church every now and then, maybe even every Sunday. Just kind of hang around the vine and you're going to be okay. Maybe some of you thought that what you need to do is lean on the vine. All I need to do is lean on the vine. Learning to lean. Learning to lean. And all of that, that's all we have to do, just lean on the vine. Some of you tree huggers thought that all you got to do is hug the vine. Just come up real close and hug the vine. That's all I've got to do to really be a follower of Christ in the 21st century. No, 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 no. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
The way it works is that you and I are connected, grafted into, if you will, the vine. Brothers and sisters, God has a plan. His plan for you and for me is that we are connected to the vine in such a way that if you aren't really paying attention out there, you can't tell the difference between the vine and the branch. You can't necessarily see where the vine ends and the branch begins because we're connected to the vine. Brothers and sisters, when we are connected to the vine, in verses 1 through 17, there are obvious characteristics that come into the body of Christ that are, that are obvious in branches like you and me. Obvious characteristics with somebody that is connected to the vine. Jesus said, if you are connected to me, if you are plugged into the vine, here's something that will happen. Here's something that won't, that won't, might happen. It's something that will happen if a branch is truly connected to the vine. The vine. Jesus says you will bear fruit. One thing that will happen in the body of Christ if the God's people are connected to the vine is we will bear much fruit. Jesus said that in, in John chapter 15. Fruit that is... The fruit of the Spirit, for example. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Brothers and sisters, when you're out there, out there among the people that God is calling us to minister to out there, are you known as someone who is displaying love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Are you displaying the fruit of the Spirit? Bearing fruit? Another way to bear fruit is to let our light so shine among those folks out there that God's calling us to minister to, that our light so shines that we draw people to Christ. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That you're so bright with the love of God, that you're so bright with the fruit of the Spirit, that you draw people to Christ, bearing fruit. You see, you may choose not to bear fruit. It's kind of messy to bear fruit sometimes. It's not always comfortable to bear fruit. Bearing fruit takes time. Bearing fruit sometimes gets in the way of what I want to do. Bearing fruit is never easy or rarely easy. So some people choose, I don't want to bear fruit. It's just not me. I don't want to do it, brothers and sisters. If you are connected to the vine, you bear fruit. It's God's plan for you and for me that when we are connected, truly connected, we will, Jesus says, says bear much fruit. Verse 5. Brothers and sisters, 
How much fruit have you borne lately? Is it a priority in your life? Is it even on your radar screen? When we are connected to the vine, we bear much fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, and all the rest. There's another characteristic that Jesus clearly tells us that is obvious in someone that is connected, truly connected to the vine. That obvious characteristic is branches love each other. Don't you get tired of hearing about love all the time? I mean, it seems like through the Bible, all the time, the Bible is talking about love. It seems like much of the stuff that comes out of Jesus' mouth has to do with love. Jesus said, my command, verse 12, is this. Love each other as I have loved you. You see, Jesus, He got His disciples around Him in the upper room, and this is called the Jesus Upper Room Discourse, John chapter 13 to 17. It's some of the last things Jesus talked to His disciples about before He went out to be crucified. He knew that His time on earth was rather short, and there wasn't a lot of time to tell these disciples much anymore. Now, this is nothing new in John chapter 13 to 17. It's not nothing, it's not anything new that He hadn't said before, but He thought, I need to tell them once more. I need to go at it again. I need to tell them what is important, what it looks like, what the core issues are, what it's really like to follow me when I'm gone. This is what it's all about. It was so important to him, this love thing, that he said, it's not a suggestion, brothers. It's a command. I command you. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. And if that wasn't enough, he says it again in verse 17. This is my command. Love each other. Are you known, am I known, as a person that loves my neighbor? Let me ask you a question, Branch. Can I call you Branch? Let me ask you a question. Is there love all over your house, your home, where you live, with your siblings, with your spouse? Is there love all over your house? Now, in the first service, my wife and my daughter were sitting right there. And so I had to be careful how I said this. Is there love in your family? I was asking. And I said, you know, I think, I said, I'm not perfect, far from it, but I think that there has been love in my family through the years. I said, is that right, Carla? She said, no, no. She said, yes. And I said, maybe we should ask Christy. She's maybe more, more objective. Christy, has there been love in our family for, for years, I mean, is it basically the trajectory of our family life that there's love in the house? She said, yeah, there, there has been. Now, I'm not perfect. There have been that three or four times that we've had issues in 27 years or six or seven or eight. There have been times when we've had issues, but the trajectory of our lives, because of the grace of God, not because of me, has been love. And I can't tell you just this week again, Just this week again, 
I had to stop what I was doing and thank God for the love that I have for my wife and daughters. I had to thank God for the love that He has given our home. And it's not because of me or her. It's because of being connected to the vine and asking God, God, can you continuously show us what this is like and how it's done? Continuously going to the vine and making sure that the connection is, is good and that the sap of love is flowing through the vine into me and to my wife, to my daughters, and to you. Brothers and sisters, if we are truly connected to the vine, branches love each other. That's just it. They do. At home, at work, at school, at play, And in this place, branches love each other. It's one of those obvious characteristics that come in the body of Christ with people who are truly connected. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Another thing that Jesus said that I don't know that I'd call it a characteristic, but it is an awesome truth. Jesus said in verse 14, this is what He said, verse 14, You are My friends. Jesus called us, branches, His friends. In the middle of verse 15, He said, I have called you friends. Now when I first heard this contemporary song, the first time I heard this song, I thought, man, how shallow is that? I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I thought, there's another shallow contemporary song. Good night. But you know, right here, in John chapter 15, Jesus is calling us His friend. Do you have any idea what that means? It means that He wants an intimate relationship with you. He wants to draw us in and call us friend. And it's even deeper than that, but He'll start there. I want to call you my friend. It's God longing for a relationship with human beings. In the Garden of Eden, God would come down and walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Think about that. God, the Creator, coming down and walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day and being their friend, in part at least. Abraham and Moses were friends of God. Jesus says here, you are my friends. Even in the Trinity, we see this this relational aspect, this This aspect of of interdependence that, that God wants us to have with Him too. Calling us friend. Someone said, being a friend is more being than doing. Being a friend is being available. Being a friend is being there when they need a friend most. When somebody needs you most. 
Now we're back to bearing fruit, being available to Jesus as his friend. I know that there's something about that that sounds shallow, but, but there's, a, there's a deep truth there that the God of all creation through His Son Jesus Christ comes to us and calls us His friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. to us, Lord. Would you help us to understand where we are in our relationship with you? Would you break down the barriers and help us to know who we are as we stand before you and where we are in in our journey with you, Father? Lord, we come to you this morning laying ourselves bare before you. Asking you to move us where we need to be in order to be connected to the vine. Father, come Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Jesus said to us, this is what it means to be my follower in the 21st century. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Aha! That's what it means to follow Christ today. To be connected to Him. That it's no longer about me. It's all about Him. That my wants and my needs and all of that are secondary now to who God is and what He wants me to be. As I'm connected to the vine. My dreams are His dreams. My goals are His goals. Connected to the vine. I see the world through His eyes. 
I see my family through his eyes. I love with the love of God connected to the vine. Brothers and sisters, this morning, as we come to a close of our service this morning, I would like us to respond to the Lord. You can do this where you're seated. Perhaps some would like to come forward and just have a special place of prayer. And here's what I'd like you to pray. I would like you to pray that God would, would make sure, that you'd make sure that He speaks to you and makes you know for certain that you are connected to Him. Lord, am I connected to you? Perhaps you know, everybody knows if you're connected. Maybe you need to be reconnected. Maybe you've never been connected to the vine. And you want to pray, Lord, would you connect to me or reconnect me? Help me, Lord, to never let go. Perhaps you are carrying a burden with you. We're going to pray for a lot of requests this this morning. Maybe you would like to come and pray on behalf of someone. We're going to pray a special prayer for Meredith Knott. Many of you know that she's been getting some bad reports. She doesn't have much longer on this earth apart from a miracle from God. So I'm going to ask some of you to come and pray, especially for Meredith. We also want to pray for Olivia Gilbertson, this little baby who's struggling physically. I want to pray for her. Perhaps some would like to come and pray for her. If there's other requests that you have personally and that you'd just like to kneel before the Father this morning as we bow for prayer, you come at this time. But the most important prayer for me this morning is, Lord, Am I where I need to be with you? See, the question is, that runs through my mind from time to time, when do I start following God? Is it after this event coming up, I can't follow God till that's over? Because I know God would be pleased with that. Why not today? Today is when we start. As we bow for prayer, if you'd like to come and pray, come at this time.